Now, my, my sort of talk is a bit about first impressions. So just before I kick off, how many of you have actually been to China? Hands up. Cool. So I wasn't the only one that hadn't actually been to China. Have you not been to China, Colin? You've been to Hong Kong? Sort of counts now, so I'll let you off. So for me, it wasn't every day you get an opportunity to get outside of your comfort zone. So I'm an urban designer. I've been working in Britain, principally London, for a very long time. And through the Urban Design Group, it's very true that as a, as a platform for knowledge, we get a lot of designers in, particularly from Europe and often further afield. And to be fair, a lot of us go westward and we, we learn all the wonders of the American grid system. We return and then we get browbeaten back into us the significance of culture, topography and the path of righteousness. So we relearn good urban design. So you can imagine the excitement that we get to go to this great city here. And to be honest, my expectations at first about China was, well, firstly, helpfully, urban design members have been to China. There's lots of students that are coming through now that have lived and worked there. But um, it took a friend of mine, this guy called Dave, who works for the Blue Man Group, and that's a touring thing. If you've ever seen the stage show, it's fantastic, to say, you will love it. And that, to me, was enough. So, what on earth is Guangzhou? Well, this is a little snapshot from their planning studio. And it's blessed by five rounds, and they kind of turned up, and there you get, you get Guangzhou. But for the rest of us, Guangzhou is actually old Canton, and Mike's going to talk about that in a little bit longer. And it's probably why most of us haven't a Scooby what on earth Guangzhou is. It's, it's old Canton, and it's absolutely huge. And I'm just going to give you some sort of sense of scale. So Barry's talked about the scale of the place, and so has Paul. So there's the sort of built area of the metropolitan area of Guangzhou. So at the very bottom on the right, you've got Hong Kong. Across that sort of green blob, you've got Macau. And all that sort of sprawl in the top, that's the sort of Guangzhou area. And it's got Shenzhen and other bits of cities creeping into it. But that's the metropolitan area of Guangzhou. It's as big as Kent. Now, by comparison, on the same scale, thanks to the wonders of Google Earth, there's London. You can sort of see it sort of sits there somewhere in there. And that's in Kent. Well, at the, I've got Kent at the bottom there. You've got all the counters coming out around it. And just for those more sort of metropolitan of us, there's New York and Manhattan Island is in the middle there. So kind of getting a feel for it. So we'll just have another look at some of the bits of those. So this is zooming in on London. Again, Google Earth. So we can see the River Thames, Docklands, the bridges going across. And we can see some of that urban forms, kind of familiar. Manhattan, you couldn't miss the grid if you tried. You've got the rivers, the bridges coming across. And at the same scale again, this is the old part of Guangzhou, which is just absolutely dense and huge. And that's just a bit of the city. So, it's kind of got the feeling that this place is absolutely enormous. And it's going to get bigger. So this is just a little bit of its master planning and uh, Mike's going to pick up on some of their initiatives coming forward. So this is a city that's just not stopping. It's getting huge. So what's my experience of arriving there? So as, as Paul introduced, we arrived by train and this is sort of typical of the view of a visitor on the slow train coming out of Hong Kong. You see lots of these things popping up. And these are just like rural villages, really. You know, these are little, tiny little settlements, towns on the way to the big city. 
and you get used to this because you just think that's just tower blocks that's just standard but you get used to that so when you get into the city and you start to see them in the background so this is Guangzhou over the River Pearl they just fall into the background architecture and so the view from the, the place where we were staying, this is a sort of typical urban streetscape. And people are very happy living in those, as it turns out. And typical of the city, wide street avenues, so there's lots of Americanisms going in there, tall buildings. It's all pretty interesting stuff. But the city really comes alive at night. And the, the Asians, are, particularly Hong Kong, are really good at this, at lighting their city up. So they really do spend a lot of money either on their electricity bill or making people feel really good. So this is just looking across the river. But everywhere is lit up and there's a show going on. So the tall buildings are all adding to the public realm. So this is the same view from the hotel window looking out on that street and suddenly the whole thing's lit up. And you think what we do in London with a few token lights of our historic buildings and you think Hong Kong's good, and then you see Guangzhou, and you can imagine that there's, there's probably an element of competition going on there, I'm sure. But at night, the city really does come to life. And the public spaces do as well. So there's an underground bit of the city going down into the mouth, there's all the lights around. This is a park. And within the park space, they've put some fancy lighting in the, um, the ground, so when you're walking along, bits light up. Peculiar thing is that at night, at a certain hour, everything shuts down, so it is really time for bed, and everybody disappears. And there's the coloured tower there. That changes colour. You could probably spend all night watching it to go through all the colours it does. It's, it's quite fantastic. And this is that pier we were talking about earlier. So it does have a sort of an active, vibrant sort of life that goes on. And you also have the birds. So. This is, uh, Mike's going to talk about this in one of the projects, but you do get suburban housing out there. So as an urban designer that works on lots of greenfield sites, I started to feel really at home now. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. So on that particular project, that was exciting. And then you get this contrast of old and new. And this is some of the things that we were brought in to grapple with, because there's a lot of new stuff going on, and there's a lot of old stuff. And the old stuff kind of looks a bit disheveled. It doesn't look much cared for. But they're starting to treasure this, because there's bits that this can deliver that the new bits don't. And so this sort of stuff, outwardly, it looks a bit tatty, a little bit messy. It's got this weird caging over the window that we were told was to stop people climbing in, and it was a hangover from times when the city wasn't that safe. But it seems to have stayed around, and it looks like everybody's got bird cages in their properties. And there's lots of this going on that you start to see. And then you get the vibrant sort of urban designers delight of the, the sort of active street where you've got the shops and everything happening at ground floor. Yes, it is a bit messy, it's a bit tatty, but it's very active. You've got cars intermingling with bikes and people wandering along. And that makes you feel right at home as a designer because we deal with that all the day. The language might be different, but the interactions are very much the same. And these are sort of the corner blocks. It sort of turns a corner. The architecture is not brilliant, but it's all making a bit of a lively place and every inch of saleable space on that shop front is used. This is in the old town city, it's an old colonnade that for the climate, so Guangzhou is really hot which is quite nice if you're used to terrible cold winters over here and you want to get somewhere warm and I know Colin over here used to migrate every winter which made me feel really bad because in the winter he'd be down in Thailand or somewhere exotic 
they have this colonnade system here, and, and this is a kind of a decrepit street scene that's probably going to stay around, but no one's bothering to look after it, but it is incredibly functional in the way it would work. And at the ground floor, you've got all this activity going on, all the bikes. And then you've got this contrast as you go out into the suburbs. So this was a bizarre shot that Paul and I tried to get because the girl with the red umbrella started walking down. It was a race to get the shot before the car went across in front of it, so I managed to beat Paul to it. But you see in this shot, you see almost third world wiring and all this tat on the side of the building to make it habitable. Whereas the people that are wandering around are living in the 21st century. So they've got their iPads and everything and their iPhones. So this young lady here with her mobile phone is, is quite oblivious to the fact she's living in probably something what we would have called here a bit of a slum, but it, it, it's an active place. And it's one of those bits of the city that you do find if you dig it out a lot. Peculiarly, they are discovering heritage. So this is um, this ancient um, historic area that Barry referred to. Sorry, Barry, what's the, the name of these? Thank you. So there's these two. Take, there was lots of people taking loads of photographs of this place as if they'd really discovered heritage. And a lot of it was a bit remanufactured. So it's a bit... Disney's not fair, but it was certainly a bit cleaner than it would have been. And they were loving it. They're lapping this up. And then we've got couples having their wedding photos retaken. And this shot, what you can't see, but you'll see in one of Mike's slides later on, this is an industrial area that's sort of been regenerated, but not quite. But people flock here to have their photographs taken outside these old buildings that you can't see in this shot, but it's just behind them. Just yeah, those weren't real flowers. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were, they were plastic flowers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've ruined that for me. I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the ubiquitous bike in John. I couldn't resist this shot. This is a little electric bike, and he's got two padlocks on that just in case someone's going to nick it. There's loads of these things about. So one of my expectations was I was going to see lots of bikes. Yes, you do, and they're. They're electrified, and we think we've got clever by having electric bikes. These guys are way ahead of the curve. And the bike, of course, is used for everything, so this guy's probably shipping half a business behind him or something like that. This is one thing I was expecting to see, and I did see it, and I was really delighted. They have this strong cultural thing about celebrating service. So these guys just work in a regular burger shop, I think it was, and yet they came out into the street. It was a busy, busy afternoon, wasn't it? So the, the, this is the public pedestrian street. And they all start singing praises about how good they were going to be serving burgers for the rest of the day. They took great pride in that. Was, that was fantastic. This is our own Amanda Reynolds. No, it's not. But if you recognise the ginger hair. This is one of those little hacky-sacky type games they were playing in public spaces. So yes, you do see use of public space. They all go out and use that. So that was a good tick in the box. You see fishing in the canals. So one of the canals that we saw earlier from Paul's slice, this chap here was catching his supper. So you've got this mix of um, old culture within the city, because it is an incredibly young city. I mean, I think I rocked up, and I, I must have raised the average age in Guangzhou by a good couple of years. Bizarre, but then I happily saw people like this fishing out of the canal, which was great. And then you've got this amazing sort of pop culture on their advertising and everything. So this restaurant signs, uh, you know, sort of noodle place. And then we've got Bruce Lee at a sort of a burger place. They eat out all the time. It's a great 
sort of cultural bringing together of people is that no one really cooks in their own flats. They all come out and eat on the street. And of course, they finish up what we have. So this was something very delightful. Cantonese cooking, can't go far wrong with that. But thankfully, they have their own pearl beer and you can have it in one of these lager places or something. So from my experience, I'll certainly go back. It's great to go with a purpose, though, because it gives you a sense of reason as to why you would want to look at all these sorts of things and to see China slightly differently from what you might think. But on to more interesting things. I'm going to hand over to Mike. He's going to talk some real urban design now. <laughs>